This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I got to find a new league. So you think the guy who is 45 years your senior, he is a whole Tiger Woods older than you. You thought it was bogus that he was playing two tees ahead of you? Apparently. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. The golf feud that has taken over social media, a check on the Ryder Cup, and two renaissances in very different places. It's all coming up on this edition of At The Turn. Nick, how are you? I see you got a fresh haircut. Yeah, yeah. I was able to lock down my my barber, who doubles as my wife. And, uh, you know, she's, she's tough to lock down. So, so I just have her go as short as possible. So, so if it takes another five months to get her, you know, at least I can, at least I can last it out that long. Joe, congrats on your boy on, on Phil's PGA championship win. I mean, I'm, I'm sad. I didn't get to rehash it with you, you know, within the, within the first 24 hours, but you know, life, life, life happens. But, um, just, just, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you another minute to, to, to relish it. It was shocking. We're recording this on the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, so it's basically a week since it happened, and I'm still sort of in disbelief over it. To watch him execute all those shots down the stretch and to watch him pull off all those tee shots, continue to be impressive in the face of all that pressure was something I didn't think I would see again. And as impressive as the win was, his post-round press conference was even better because he was asked if he thought this was going to be his last PGA Tour win or something of that nature. And he said, yeah, uh, this could be my last win. Or who knows? I could go on a run. No one knows Torrey Pines better than me, so maybe I'll have a shot at the U.S. Open. A man who's finished famously runner-up six times at the event thinks he's one of the favorites going in. I love the man. He's been my favorite golfer basically the entire time I've been following the sport. And it was really cool to see him put uh, a cherry on the Sunday last week. Um, more surprising than Tiger's 2019 Masters win? Yeah, I think so. I'd say so. Just yeah. because Tiger had won an event leading up to the Masters. He won the Tour Championship the previous year. Phil had shown occasional signs of life, like he shot 65 about a month ago, first round of a tournament. He won in the Champions Tour last year. But he was a 250 to one favorite going into this event. Like no one thought this was going to happen and he pulled it off, man. So then I want to ask you about Phil. Are you 
Do you feel a kinship with other left-handed golfers? Or because the two that are like the most famous ever, Phil and Bubba, are such freaks of nature, independent of what side they stand on the ball, you can't relate to them at all? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it has to do with with being a lefty or righty. I mean, I I, I like Phil because he's super likable, and I I don't really care for Bubble because he's he's not really you know likable. He's um, not. So you know, I think it's kind of cool. You know, like when I don't know, I I don't really care, care too much. <laughs> Doesn't really matter to you. I no, mean, what are your thoughts on the PGA? I mean, what 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 is your sixty second two minute take on it? I mean, it was awesome to see Phil win, and I just like seeing the pairings and seeing it play out. I'm like, Brooks is obviously, obviously going to win this thing. You know, Phil is clearly going to make some sort of blunder and then compound the mistake, and then and then Brooks is going to, you know, win by three, and you know, nobody will think twice about it. You know, because Phil's fifty and and Brooks is in his prime and he's just collecting majors. So I was expecting that to happen and then every hole you know brooks was brooks was making bogeys and, and phil was hanging in there you know just kind of treading water and nobody's making a move and it's like oh my god like wait is this is this really gonna happen so it, it was awesome i'm so happy for phil so happy that we got to like see that history and, and watch that unfold so yeah loved it well speaking of brooks no more than 24 hours after Phil gets the victory, a video was leaked of Brooks doing a post-round press conference, just being tortured by Bryson DeChambeau walking in the background because he had metal spikes on. Allegedly, there was something said. Maybe there wasn't. I'm sure if folks listening to this podcast, they are somewhat familiar with the video that went viral. But I thought it would be interesting, Nick, to go through a bit of a blow-by-blow of this feud that Brooks and Bryson have. Now, before I get into it, what'd you think of that video? Did you think that Bryson did anything especially bad or Brooks is just looking for any excuse to be mad at Bryson? No, I'm going to buy in 100% to the idea that Bryson is like taunting Brooks in the middle of his interview and said something like he's rumored to have said like you could just start your putts in the right line because Brooks was saying how he couldn't make any putts. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna buy that 100 percent because it, it makes it more fun. So yeah, I, I think Bryson is is intentionally taunting Brooks. He waited for Brooks to be in his interview, to walk by on his metal spikes. Like, why not? You know, why why tiptoe around it? You're either just you're either bought into this or or you could care less. Since we're talking about it, yeah, I'm bought in. I I think Brooks is antagonizing Bryson, uh vice versa, Bryson antagonizing Brooks. And uh yeah, let's just let's just roll with that. It's also more fun. To think that something was said to to fuel this feud that they have. So what Brooks said after the round, he, he was being interviewed and he asked about he was being asked about the conditions and the wind of the course being a challenge. Brooks said, "I don't think many guys are going to putt well with this wind. I felt it difficult to read sometimes." And what DeChambeau allegedly said was, "Just going to start it on the right line." As he walked by, and Brooks tried to continue the question, he stumbled and then he just kind of paused and said, "Lost my train of thought after hearing that bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kind of spiraled from there and became this incredible meme that went around social media last week. But all right, Nick, I'm going to go through the blow by blow. Feel free to interject at any mm-hmm. point with this and add some color. So the feud dates back to 2019 when Brooks was one of multiple players to criticize the slow play of Bryson DeChambeau. Kepka said, quote, 
I just don't understand how it takes a minute and 20 seconds, a minute 15 to hit a golf ball. It's not that hard. Bryson then apparently went to Brooks's caddy, informed the assistant that if Brooks had any issues with the way he plays, he should address those concerns to his face. Eamon Lynch, golf writer on Twitter in the summer of 19, put this out on Twitter, was standing on the putting green with Kepka's caddy earlier when an irritated Bryson DeChambeau walked up and told him to tell his boss to make any comment about slow play to my face. Brooks arrived soon after, got the message, and ambled over for a chat with the scientist. This, now, this is the best. This is the best because it's the it's the ultimate hypocrisy of of Bryson to say, "Hey, say it, say it to my face if you got something to say." To somebody other than the person who you want to get that message. Exactly. <laughs> like, does he have zero self-awareness yes. of what he's actually doing? For someone who is so... What's the word? For someone who is so fixated on... Deliberate, like, maybe? Well, more on social media, I mean. Okay. He, is, okay. he is really zeroed in on making sure that he's doing all of his things for his sponsors, getting the protein shakes in there, showing his weird workout, which I don't know if you saw his video of him doing hammer curls this week with the worst form anyone has ever seen. Like it it was, it was wild, but yeah, I did see the video. I didn't, I did not uh, pick up on the form. Oh, it was, uh, it was not great. So that whole situation led to the PGA putting a time limit in place for drives during events. So there was actually a consequence of Bryson taking forever. To this hit was 2019. Shots. This was a couple of years ago, right? This was this was 2019 that happened. So DeChambeau fired back during a Twitch live stream. So it's kind of a dead issue at this point. And then DeChambeau ignites the fire once again during a Twitch live stream, making fun of Kepka's physique for not having abs after Kepka's photo shoot for the body issue of ESPN the magazine. ESPN the magazine does an issue every year where athletes pose naked to show different athletes' bodies in many different sports. And he made fun of Brooks for not having abs. Then during the Abu Dhabi Championship, Kepka posted his trophies on Twitter, tagging DeChambeau to show off his four wins. Just the best burn ever. You were right, DeChambeau. I am too short of a six-pack, showing his four major championship trophies. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's... That's at this point. This is this is my peak, like into Bryson, like or I, God, why do I keep mixing them up, Joe? It's too. It's past my bedtime. I'm sorry. God. I understand. Damn it, Brooks. At this point, I'm like, yes, Brooks is the, that is that is the perfect comeback, and Bryson is bringing this all on himself. He he can just literally say nothing, and there's and there's no issue. Like there's no issue except for you keep making an issue, and so. Brooks has put him in his place firmly at this point and and rightfully so. And I think it, I think even Bryson was like, okay, yeah, like that that was a good burn. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really you can say. The guy wants, has won four majors and at that point yeah. DeChambeau and had And at that point he was holding yet. all of them. Yeah. Believe. Yeah, he was he was the defending champion in uh both the PGA and the US Open. It's pretty two, amazing. Two-time two time defending in both of those. Yeah. So that was uh yeah, careful careful uh, don't, don't throw stones at that point. So after that, the two golfers appeared on a serious XM show and were asked about a hypothetical fistfight. DeChambeau said he would not win in a fistfight over Brooks. Brooks was quoted as saying, you got that right. 
which I just think is great. I think we all know Brooks would beat the hell out of Bryson. Bryson doesn't seem like a guy who could win a fight pretty much over anyone who's in the same weight class as him. Yeah, no, makes sense. After missing some time from the PGA Tour in 2020, DeChambeau appeared bulkier, to put it mildly, and was hitting the ball farther than before. This led to comments and accusations from fans and in the golf world about possible steroid use. Kepka took to Twitter, posted a video of Kenny Powers, who is Danny McBride's character from East Down, Eastbound and Down, roid raging out, essentially implying that Bryson is on steroids. And then fast forward to Monday, you have what happened, and that is the up-to-date feud between Brooks and Bryson. I think it is sensational for golf. I, I think it is great. I, I think it's good, but I have one problem with it. With, with okay. this this whole rivalry, and there's one thing that that that's that's getting me like disengaged. Neither of them are likable, and that's that's a problem for me. There needs to be, and I know people love to hate on Bryson, and that's fine. I get that, but but Brooks really isn't that likable to me either because he acts like his biggest curse is that he's good at golf and he'd just rather be good at anything else he does but he's he's stuck with his power of being like one of the top five best golfers in the world and he's super irritated by it and then like bryson is just a symptom of like this shitty sport that he happened to be good at and just like these super annoying guys so i don't really like brooks and even though i do like bryson and i like that he like takes this different approach and is is like kind of kind of changing the game for what it's worth you know to, to whatever extent I still don't think he's likable. Like he does so no. many irritating things that are just like, dude, what are you doing? Just like, just don't. So neither of them are likable, which which is a bit of an issue for me. I think that makes it better because there isn't an obvious side to take, even though I think Brooks's side is easier to take, even though I do think he's not likable because DeChambeau is so unlikable. And I think it's kind of funny that even though you saw that there's a bit of tit, tit for tat in this, it's essentially one-sided. Brooks, Brooks just goes after Bryson and Bryson's always playing defense. Um, and whenever Bryson has played offense, I think he has seen that Brooks will go to greater lengths to kind of get after him more, more yeah. than Bryson will. Bryson has not landed any, any jabs in this. Field. No. No, he, he has not landed a single a, a single. Day. I mean, maybe this actually, maybe this most recent incident with with Bryson clanking his his spikes behind Brooks's interview because like he he actually threw Brooks off his game. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the closest thing to a win um, that that Bryson has in this feud. But you know what? And this maybe it's the time of year. Maybe it's this feud. Maybe it's Phil. May I don't know what it is, but it's. It's officially Ryder Cup season. Like like mm. everything I do right now, I think of in the context of the Ryder Cup. And do those you really? Two are for sure going to be in the Ryder Cup. So I think there's going to be a point where I doubt they're going to play together, but they're going to be like I think they're going to embrace each other, and I think they're going to accept each other, and I think they're going to have like this camaraderie moment that we see at the Ryder Cup this year. I don't think they're going to like fight at the Ryder Cup. Well, before we dive into the Ryder Cup, can we hit the match real quick? Yes. So it was announced that the match, which most recently featured Phil and Tom Brady versus Tiger and Peyton Manning, will feature Phil and Tom Brady against Bryson and Aaron Rodgers, which, oh baby, I can't imagine a more unlikable twosome than those two. Tom Brady is in the fan favorite group. 
Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I don't know. I was trying. I think this one's tough. This one really is tough. Not even because- Packer fans are going to root for Aaron Rodgers because he's trying to get out of town. No one's going to root for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe like niche Jeopardy fans are going to root for Aaron Rodgers, but that's about it right now. This I don't think they nailed this pairing. This grouping. No, it's a bad job. I think people outside of New England are just kind of like tired of the Tom Brady era that's lasted like 25 years by now. And so I don't think, I think Tom Brady minus Peyton Manning doesn't really do it. Like to the Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers aspect of it. I don't really get excited about. And then Phil versus Bryson, you know, anytime Phil's involved, that's awesome. And I, and, the same thing for Bryson because he brings a different approach. And if he's mic'd up and if you can kind of hear his process and he's going to be like, he's going to try so hard to be entertaining and his failure at that attempt is going to actually be what's entertaining about him. And so I'm, I, those guys I'm looking forward to, but there's no real Phil versus Bryson. You know, there's no real like rivalry or kind of anything interesting about those two guys together. So I don't know. I'd like to see maybe Peyton Manning, obviously a Brooks versus Bryson or like, I, I don't know. I don't know. They just they just didn't quite nail it here. This is very easy to fix. You only have to make one substitution. You get Aaron Rodgers out of there. You put Tony okay. Robo in his place, and I think yeah. you're absolutely I, fine. No, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. Why? Because why is, why is Romo not playing in any of these things? It doesn't make any sense because he's a contemporary of Tom Brady. They're about the same age. I think Romo is probably younger, actually, and obviously Romo has a huge golf profile. He's a really good golfer, and he, you know, I don't want to litigate his NFL career on this podcast, Nick, because we'll derail pretty quick. But I think it will be really interesting because you make a team with Bryce and DeChambeau likable instantly. Because even they though Romo... Texas connection. Cause exactly. Bryson is a Dallas guy. I mean, no, that's that's so easy. You know what I'll bet it is? I'll bet you anything. And I don't know the, I don't know the details, but I'll bet you it's not like a CBS event. CBS. And, God. It's Turner. So I think you're right. It's Turner. It's not CBS. It's different parent companies, and that's probably the reason. But that's 100 percent why we don't get Romo in this thing. I I'll, I I would like to say I'll watch, but it's in the middle of July too. I'm going to be outside playing my own yeah. golf. Like it's not November where I'll be stuck inside and it's pandemic yeah. and yada yada yada. But anyway, it's happening. Should we move to the Ryder Cup? I know you're dialed. Well, I was going to I, I was going to have you. I was going to have you rank the resumes. You know, I guess this was. It's it's pretty straightforward. There's no real debate there. Yeah, it's uh, it's Tom Brady number one, uh, Tom Brady number two, and then I'm gonna go Phil, and then Bryson, and then Aaron Rodgers. I would I would I would switch the last two, but it's 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 Brady Phil. I would have Aaron Rodgers. He's he's got a Super Bowl and and an MVP. Uh, Bryson has one major. That's true. Aaron has had a longer. Aaron is in the sunset of his career. Bryson's yeah. in the sunrise, which is why I would give him the nod. But yeah, either way, yeah. Okay. Tom Brady's in the top two. <laughs> We can move. <laughs> yeah, we can move past. Uh, so okay, the Ryder Cup situation. So a little bit different. More captains' picks instead of four captains' picks. The captains' picks are half the team. Am I understanding that right, Nick? Yeah, six six captains' picks. So right now, for the United States of America, the six players who have qualified on points in this order. Excuse me. If the Ryder Cup qualifying ended today this is obviously still changed but it's dj bryson justin thomas brooks kepka colomora cower xander shoffley i'll just round out the top 12 patrick reed tony feedout jordan spieth daniel berger webb simpson billy horschel and at 13th on the strength of his win today jason kokrak 
Um, okay. So I did my research before Jason Kokrak won this tournament. So my, my rankings are just going to be a little bit different. But yeah, just throw Kokrak up there and everyone else just, down a spot. No, no. Get, get him out of here. He's not, he's not part of the conversation. He's, he's, he <laughs> Two-time winner on the PGA Tour. Come on. Okay. You need a big hitter okay. out there for you some want him, You want him on your Ryder Cup no, team? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. I, I asked you to make a case for Phil Mickelson for the Ryder Cup, and then I went ahead and made a case for Phil Mickelson for the Ryder Cup. Oh, well, I was I was going to make a case for him not to make the Ryder Cup team, so okay, I'm curious. Well, well, here we go. Go so, ahead. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first. So you got to take six of those guys who are obviously seven through – Phil was 16, so we're going to go seven through 16. You got to take six of them. Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, Tony Fino, those are, those are gimmies. You got those three. You're not playing without them. Can we agree on that? Yeah, and they're and they're seven, eight, nine in points right now. So yeah, right, that's fine. So they're the next three. And, so three and, spots um, open. It's not a Ryder Cup without those guys. Well, I mean, sure. now, but whatever. Jordan Spieth, Patrick Reed, whatever. All right, we got Harris English somewhere in that mix. I don't think he's in the top twelve, but he's in the top <sighs> fourteen or fifteen. Harris English and Patrick Reed were teammates at Georgia for his for his brief okay. dumpster fire of a career there, and All then right. Harris Harris English and Patrick Reed played against each other in the championship match of the NCAA championship when Patrick Reed won, Augusta State won the national championship, beat Georgia. He got a vengeance against against the Bulldogs. These two have a history. They they, they absolutely cannot be in the same Ryder Cup locker room. Harris English, I am eliminating him from contention. He's a no. Webb Simpson. Okay, we move on to Webb. I took a look at him, you know. Do you need Webb on your team? That's my first. That's my. Do you need Webb on your team? If Webb, Webb Simpson's the, the missing piece of your team, your team is not very good. Joe, the Ryder Cup is a putting contest. Every try, time I turn it on, the Americans have a 10-foot putt. The Europeans have a 20-foot putt. The Europeans make. The Americans miss. The Europeans win. And I'm like, damn it. How does this happen? Webb, 11th on the tour in strokes game putting. He's on the team. He's on He's on my team. He's okay. Yes. Billy Horschel, he's in that mix. He's in that captain's pick mix. He's he's crazy dude. The dude's a lunatic. All right. He's never been in a Ryder Cup, and he's in his mid thirties. Is that right? He's never been on a Ryder Cup team. Yeah, that's surprising, according to Wikipedia. So I I don't know. (laughs) But he won the match play, Joe, and I I favor the guys who who can compete in that format. And he's always played well in that event too. What's that? He's always played well in that event too. Yeah. So he's a yes for me. Yeah, so we got Marshall. So now we got five guys. So there's only one spot left, and for me, it's between Cantlay and Mickelson. As you know, what's this? Look at look at look at you. Yeah, I, I know. I, I left off Daniel Berger. You don't need him. He's he, don't, don't need him. You left off Chef Scotty Scheffler is the name yeah. you're not going to talk about that I want to hear. Okay, well, I he'll he'll have his time, and it's okay. It's I'm sorry. Go it's, ahead. He'll have his, Go he'll ahead. Have his time later. Give me your fill. Patrick Cantlay. You don't need him. He's 79th in strokes game putting. He's 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 a good player, but he doesn't bring what Phil brings, which is if Phil plays in the 2021 Ryder Cup, and I looked up this stat, it will be his one millionth consecutive Ryder Cup appearance. Is that he a record? He hasn't missed Ryder Cup since the mid-90s. You cannot replace that experience. Like, Are there other guys who could help Team USA on the course win? Probably more than Phil. I'm I'm sure that you could probably look at three or four guys and say they might make a better a better impact on the course. Nobody's going to make a better impact on the Ryder Cup for Team USA than Phil 
for the entire experience in the locker room, showing them the ropes, kind of just being that leader, that guy who's been doing it, who's been around. It means more to him. You got to have Phil on your team. I don't know. I think that Phil being on the team goes one of two ways pretty drastically. It can go the way that you say, and it galvanizes everybody, and it's rah-rah. Phil is kind of like a pseudo-player-captain sort of thing, and it works out really well. The other way is Phil is a generation removed from all the guys that he's playing with, can't really relate to them in the same way because there's no players that are like in their 40s, no one that's really bridging the gap between Phil at 50 and you know, I, I think who would it be? Probably DJ would be the oldest player out of all those guys. And he's like 34. And they could resent him. And Stricker, who's the captain, could be like not down with Phil's program. And he may want some fresh blood to say, hey, guess what? Phil Mickelson's been on this team for 25 years. Guess what we haven't done in a long time? Win a bunch of Ryder Cups in a row. I don't want the same old stuff. I want something new. I want new players. I don't want the same old tire thing. I hate that I'm arguing, making an argument against Phil Mickelson. But the other thing that I would say, we got two more majors. And if an American wins that, if Scotty Scheffler wins the U.S. Open, I know I've just said his name, but I'll, I'll just roll down the list to someone random. If friggin', well, Charlie Hoffman's not going to win a major, but let's say someone like Keegan Bradley wins a major or Bubba Watson wins the British Open. Like you could take basically anyone who's in 15 through 38 right now on the Ryder Cup standings. And if they win a major, they're going to have a good case to be in that event. I think it's a little bit too early. I think Horschel is a really good pick. I want probably Webb in there, even though he famously popped up a tee shot uh, in one of these team events, like 80 yards into the air. Um, well, I will say when I was when I was researching Webb Simpson for the Ryder Cup, you, you, start, saw that? Type, you start typing in Webb Simpson Ryder Cup and, and Shank. Webb Simpson Ryder Cup Shank is the most popular search term. So, um, yeah, that, for what it's worth. <laughs> I think right now feels a good pick, but the Ryder Cup's not for four months. So, well, I will say if it was on European soil, I would say maybe maybe it's not a good idea to, to bring Phil along. But but it's here, you know. Th- that arthritis isn't kicking in on a flight from you know Arizona to Minnesota, Joe, not. Wisconsin. It's no big deal. He can handle it. Um, yeah, I, I want I want Phil on the USA Ryder Cup team. It'll be fun. It's crazy. He'll that- only play like one or two sessions anyways outside of singles. So it's more of a ceremonial pick. You want him in there for the singles. And then if he does some stuff in the match with, yeah. you know, paired with DJ, then, then, then he cool. could, he could bring some fire. He could, he could bring some game, you know, some form and play well. And if that's the case, like I said, he'll probably play one or two sessions before singles. You know, he could at least go, one, one, and one, and be just as good as anybody else. Yeah, but here's the thing. By the time we get to the final Ryder Cup standings, Will Zalatoris is going to be ahead of Phil Mickelson in the standings. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, there's a lot of guys who are up there in the standings who I, I wouldn't really consider. Like Sam Burns, I probably wouldn't pick him right now. You know, maybe in a couple years, but, like, he's, like, two spots behind Phil. And right. that's just not even a question. Like, you're not picking Will Zalatoris or Sam Burns above Phil. Nothing against those guys, but it's just not quite their time yet, in my opinion. All Will Zalatoris does is play well in big events. Hey, what happened to Jordan Spieth? He did. He well, did not win today. Let me tell you, he, he was did not win today. He, he had a chance, and like you, 
He he made a boo-boo at the end. Yacked it towards the end. Blew a really good round. Folks, I made yeah, he, four birdies in the front nine. Go ahead, Nick. He uh, Well, he hit it in the water on the 72nd hole. He was trailing by one, so it's not like it cost him the lead. He needed to birdie that hole, but instead, he did not. Um, he, he <laughs> This was funny. Uh, I was, we watched the last hole a couple, well, I watched the last hour or so, but Ashley was around for the last, the last hole and they showed his scores and it was like 66, 69, 65, 73. And she's like, Oh, yikes. One of these <laughs> things is not like the others. <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't get it done on Sunday. I mean, Kokrak got it done. Spieth was 28th in the world going into this event. I imagine he'll probably be in the top 25 now. Even though he didn't get it done today, Jordan Spieth's been the most consistent men's golfer in the world for the past two months. Like, No, it's, it's, it's true. I, I would have liked to see him win. I, I thought for sure he was going to win. He was tied after like 10 holes today. And I'm like, well, this, this is definitely going on only one direction. I mean, Spieth would never let anybody down or, or do anything crazy uh, in the back nine on, on Sunday. But um, no, he's he's looked really good, I think. I think it's exciting that there's three more majors. Yeah. Or two. How many more? Two. Two more. <laughs> three. We've, two we've more. played yeah, no, two, two to go. Two, yeah. Two down, two to go. No. Um, I don't know. I don't want to. I'll save my U.S. Open picks, but like strongly considering him for, for a major this year. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be one of the top five favorites at Torrey Pines. He's yeah. in really good form. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he finishes this calendar year in the top 10 in the world, which is really good for golf. Jordan Spieth yeah. is, we talked about on this podcast, he's the most relatable golfer in the world. He slaps the ball around. He hits bad shots, but he also does spectacular things. He consistently holes out from... Did he have another hole out this week? I'm pretty sure he did. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I, yeah, it's ridiculous. He, he chips in like a madman. Uh, he'll make long putts, and it's like, if you do it every single week, it's not luck. It's just, it's it's just not, part you, of your you game. Can't even, you can't even call it luck. It's just, he's just really good at holing out like... 80 yard shots. Yeah. Anywhere. If he's in the building, he's in range. Um, Someone else on a very similar trajectory to Jordan Spieth. Got it done. No. Are you going to tell me who? Lydia Ko. <laughs> that's, that's where no. you're supposed to take it. I'm, I'm, I'm oh. putting the ball on a tee for you. You're supposed to yeah, smack no. it down the well, fairway. Well, you, you missed the con. Well, the, the U S women's open this week is, yes. is, is this week, Joe. And, it's the it is the year of the comeback and and my pick my pick is is Lydia Ko you kind of you kind of killed the build up there oh I stole your th- I read yeah. the rundown wrong yeah you just kind of read it straight up you know but it's fine it's it's, it's this fine. apricot sour beer there's you know you see like a fruit oh, flavor I, on a are beer you a sour I am ten on barrel purpose? brewing not a sponsor oh. of the podcast out of Bend Oregon I think they were bought by Anheuser Busch this is a delicious beer though Crush apricot sour beer. Lydia Coke. I, the- Ashley brought home some sours. She didn't realize what they were. She just got, you know, grabbed a grabbed a case, and uh, I, I can't, I can't do it. I think you bought the wrong kind. Yeah, well, it's not that apricot crush, that's for sure. Anyways, Lydia, um, Lydia Co. She started the at this time last year, number forty nine in the world. She had she had fallen off from her. She owned the number one spot for like decades. She had fallen off. She's she's on a comeback. She she won the Lotte Championship. She finished solo second at the ANA Inspiration. She's up to number eight in the world. I she's my pick for the U.S. Women's Open. And Joe, can you guess her age? Lydia Ko. Mm-hmm. Twenty-two. Twenty-four. Ah, oh, 
I was, I was like, yes, I was. I knew like, she I'll was. I'll never a not be surprised by, by like, <laughs> women's golfers' ages who have been number one in the world like five years ago. Yeah, Morgan Pressel peaked like twelve years ago, and she's thirty or something like that. <laughs> it's crazy. Um. Okay, so wait a minute. Are Are you saying that Lydia Ko is your official pick to win the U.S. Women's Open? She is. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't have a dark horse or a contender. I just I just thought I'd go with a winner. Yeah, I'm gonna pick uh, Brooke Henderson. Okay. I Maybe. love Brooke Henderson. I'm very biased. I watched her play in Portland like three years ago, and she has a very well relatable is the wrong word because she hits like 80 percent of her fairways, but uh, <laughs> she basically aligns at a 45 degree angle to the right of the target. And just hits a pull straight down the fairway every single time. And just mashes it. I love her game. I love her swing. She's won big events. And I don't think we've really mentioned her that often on this podcast. So I'm going to take Brooke Henderson to win the U.S. Women's Open. And hopefully uh, I can get on the board for a major on this podcast, which has now existed for over four years. It'll happen yeah, eventually. Well- it's got to. I mean, it's a numbers game. You know, we keep we keep doing the pod and, and picking players. You know, it's bound to come up. It really one. is. If I hit enough tee shots, I'm eventually going to break seventy again. <laughs> Maybe I don't how's, know. How's the seventy nine? Still got to be decent for your for your handicap, right? No, my handicap is ballooning. I am at an eight point nine right now. Shall we? I've never my, played better. I've never played better and felt worse about my game in my life. I gotta, I gotta take like two months off and just regroup. Well, you can't, you can't do that. I know we got, <laughs> we got, but the club so. championship is next week at my at my home course. It's like I'm, yeah. Anyway, oh, um, do you have anything else to cover? No. No, I really don't sound don't. so disappointed I, in yourself. I, well, I was going to bring some stories from from Hemlock Ridge um, Golf League, but I don't I don't think there's anything that's really ready for the podcast yet. Sure. You're just kind of winding up to it. It's not it's not. Yeah. Ready yeah. to I mean, take I'll it. Just, the box. I'll just put it out there. I'm in this league. I thought it'd be fun to, to play with other golfers. because I usually play at like 5 a.m. every day or whenever I play. It's just like super early in the morning so I can get home. But I'm like, no, I should I should like socialize and play with other people. So yeah, meet the people. It's, it's all retired people who are at least double my age and um, they're usually in jeans and they almost always whoop my ass. And so it's, it's, it's getting old. Um, I mean, I'm in, I'm in last place in the league, but wait a minute. One place to go. Are you really? I, well, I am, but I missed the first week. So everybody else got an extra week of points on me. How many points are you back of second to last right now? Uh, like two. Oh, you're nipping at their heels. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right in it. I'm right in it. I'm, I'm almost in 11th place, so don't 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 worry about it. But <laughs> have you played with the best golfer out there yet? Have you seen their game? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I played with the guy who's winning. But but I gave, I was given a guy four strokes. <laughs> what place is that guy in? I he, he's in like second or third. He I was giving him four strokes and he beat me by like eight. I'm like. What? Folks, if you want to crack the top 10 of the Hemlock Ridge Men's Club, what you need is Precision Pro Rangefinders to get your yardages dialed in. Use that promo code TURN10 at checkout, and you too can beat a 75-year-old man in jeans who was playing two tees ahead of you at Hemlock Ridge, one of the finest courses in New England. I couldn't have said it better. (laughs) All right. What else is coming up? Do we have, I mean... 
We got the uh, the U.S. Open coming up. I suppose I suppose our next time for at the turn should be the U.S. Open preview, the U.S. Men's Open preview. Yeah, yeah, and then we got the Corner Club Open. Oh baby, June is jam packed. It is. We got the Women's Open, the Men's Open, the Corner Club Open. You got your you got your championship, your club championship. I mean, I'm not ready. You better get ready. I'm making so many birdies and shooting terrible scores. Again, Taryn Ted at checkout. PrecisionProGolf.com. U.S. Women's Open this week. U.S. Men's Open later this month. As is the Corner Club Open. Really the three biggest tournaments in America all happening in a three-week stretch. We love to see it. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at the Tournament.